Hello and welcome to What's the Story Ghost. I'm your host Annette. And I'm Stephen. And today we are on episode 79. Make a rhyme. Okay. Stephen, what am I deathly allergic to? Me. Oh. Oh, I know. The wet bibs for the kids in the kitchen sink. <laughs> okay, we don't need to bring our domestics into the podcast. No, this is perfect time to bring your domestics in. <laughs> because if I die tomorrow... Mm-hmm. It's because I left the wet bibs on the sink again. Okay, they're silicone bibs. They don't dry themselves. Just no. to explain to people I'm not crazy for no reason. What am I deathly allergic to? My jokes. <gasps> Are you batting this because you don't know? Is it gluten? No, I'm not deathly allergic to gluten. I Kiwi. Know. Yes. God. All that just to tell you we're going to New Zealand. Oh, I wish we were going to New Zealand. We're not actually going to New Zealand. <laughs> for the viewers at home. I, I look like I look like a puppy who <laughs> No no I was on the radio today, the guys were talking about this uh from like the the noughties, 2010, 2011 or something like that. Yeah. The video of the dog whose owner like kinda of dubbed over his voice and he's like So I went to the fridge, yeah I made a sandwich I made a sandwich, yeah, and I made sandwich, I put a slice of ham, yeah, and then a slice of come on, then I ate the sandwich. Ah. No, he didn't eat the sandwich. He was like, But the sandwich was too much, no? So I gave it to the cat. No! <laughs> we crack on? Oh, I think we should start somewhere, yeah. <laughs> As many of you know, after listening to us waffle on, well, me waffle on for 79 episodes, I love a hidden gem. I'm particularly fond of a castle. Again, I'm sure you knew this, given that this is now the fifth castle I will have covered on the podcast. But what makes this one special is that it was never owned by royalty. I say that not to play down just how magnificent this castle is, but when I hear that a castle didn't come from a royal family, it makes me feel like it's obtainable by us mere mortals. Okay, I admit, it's classed as a mock castle, but again, who doesn't want to live in a castle? And that's exactly what happened to newlyweds Margaret and Barry Baker of Auckland in 1967. They were driving around the South Island of New Zealand when they came across a gem of their own, a castle, and it happened to be for sale. Who wouldn't want to own one of only two castles in the country? Now, if you Google photos of the castle today, I assure you, this is not what they bought, only what they painstakingly spent years breathing life into again, because the castle has, over the decades, fallen into a shambles. But we're skipping to the end. Let's start at the beginning and I will tell you the story of the ghosts who live in Larnock Castle. Located off of Camp Road, on the ridge of the Otogo Peninsula, out of Dunedin in New Zealand, Larnock Castle stands as one of the country's largest residents and its only historical castle open to the public. The land was purchased in 1870 by renowned entrepreneur and politician William Larnock for use in the construction of a private residence. Construction began in 1871, and through the building process, around 200 workmen were utilised on the main structure alone. Now, when I say no expense was spared, I mean it. The structure of the home was formed from imported materials from around the world, alongside stone mined from a nearby basalt quarry, and the notable Godfrey family would carve many of the home's intricate ceilings. The ceiling above the main foyer alone took six and a half years to complete. In 1874, William, alongside his wife Eliza, would move into the prestigious home while construction was still underway. Evidently, 
Sparing no expense doesn't make things go faster. It was, after all, a mammoth undertaking. Then in 1875, the couple imported 20 tonnes of glass from Venice in an effort to enclose exposed verandas unsuitable for Dunedin's winters. Sadly, in 1880, having only enjoyed a few short years in the home, Eliza, William's wife, would pass on. In 1882, William remarried his late wife's half-sister, Mary Cockburn Elaine. No judgement, I swear. But there may be more reasons than just plain old simple deaths that has this place haunted. I have no way to check, but I doubt there is a statute of limitations on a woman scorned. In 1887, as a gift to his eldest daughter Kate, the addition of a 3,000 square foot ballroom was completed. Not just any birthday though, a 21st birthday present. The old tradition was a key to the house, but your own ballroom I wouldn't say no. But sadly that same year, William would be left a widower again with the death of his second wife Mary. When the home was finally completed, it included 35 acres of grounds, a home farm with 300 acres of farmlands, stables and quarters for farm workers. The castle itself boasted an overwhelming 43 rooms and required a staff of 46 servants at any one time. In 1891, William would remarry once more to Constant Abat Brandon, but unfortunately, over the next few years, land prices would begin falling and Larnock's Timber Company would decline rapidly. His finances took one hit and then another and another until he became withdrawn and would begin drinking heavily. Then in 1894, William was made director of the Colonial Bank of New Zealand, but just as things looked to be on the up again, this institution collapsed only the following year. This pushed him even closer to financial ruin, and tragically in 1898, he locked himself in a committee room at Parliament and would take his own life by way of self-inflicted gunshot wound. In the aftermath of his untimely death, his remaining family members engaged in a bitter legal battle over his will, leading to the house being sold in 1906, to which it then passed through a handful of owners and was used for a variety of different purposes, some of which included a lunatic asylum, a hospital for soldiers, and even for a time a nun's retreat, with the old ballroom harbouring a sheet pin. Over the years, the property would fall into disrepair. That is until 1967, when it was purchased by Barry and Margaret Parker, they set to work on extensive restorations, even going so far as to track down original furnishings. The Barker family opened the aged residence to the public for both overnight stays and tours. Then in 1990, Larna Castle would pass the director's chair to their son, Lorcom, who still lives within and manages the home to this day. During the period leading up to William's suicide, he would suffer not only the loss of his first two wives, but also the loss of his daughter, Kate, his reputation would be tarnished over rumours of bad business dealings and legend has it that he once discovered his son sleeping with his third wife who was much younger than him. His sorrows in life caused his soul much unrest and afterwards his spirit returned to his beloved castle where it remained to this day, watching over the estate, ever vigilant. Both staff and visitors have reported the sight and sounds of doors that open and close by themselves, as well as lights that switch from on to off. Orbs and half-formed silhouettes have shown up in the backgrounds of photography and video. 
and on several occasions, pets have been noted spontaneously reacting to unseen presences in seemingly empty rooms. The manifestation of William himself has been encountered wandering about mainly on the first floor. The apparitions of his many wives and daughters have been seen across the premises. One room on the second floor still holds various Victorian-era women's effects. They once belonged to Constance, William's third wife. Some who have entered this room have reported it noticeably cooler in temperature than other rooms throughout the home, with several describing a feeling of unwelcome. Now, some maintain those feelings are a result of Constance's energy attached to her old garments, but others suggest that it may be the presence of Eliza, enraged at the thought of another woman's possessions in what she still feels is her space. But it's not just inside the residence that people have reported feeling energies or sensations. Across the ground, there have been accounts of a near constant feeling of being watched by unseen eyes, as well as the sensations of being touched, grabbed or pushed by invisible hands. What's worse is there have been inexplicable bouts of claustrophobia reported in those who may not even suffer from the phobia. Apparitions have been seen that appear dishevelled, lost or confused. There have been reports of spectral children playing in the hallways and guiding balls from darkened areas to visitors, remnants from the castle's time as an institution. In 1994, a play centred around the family's history would be staged at the castle. When the actor was preparing to portray the suicide of William, a gale-force wind swept through the building, tearing at the curtains and an actual bolt of lightning flashed through the room during the performance. The disruption is thought to have been caused by Larnock's spirit, angry at the tragic ending to his life. Not much has changed since then when you think of the pressure bestowed upon men in particular to earn and provide. I'm not saying that women don't feel that pressure today, but the onus back then was always on the husband. So to try and climb and beg and borrow, but to then hit hurdle after hurdle and feel like you have let everyone down and then find your missus in bed with your son. I'm not surprised that he is haunting his home. He literally put his life and soul into it. So even in death, he wants to enjoy it. What do you think of that story? Okay, sorry. Wasn't it really good? Um, I spoke to our uh, mutual Kiwi friend and she's on the wrong island altogether because I was just like, how close do you live to here? And she was like, um, not (laughs) at all. It would be like going to Cork from Belfast twice. That distance from where she is? Like up and back? Yeah, she's in the North Island and Dunedin's in the South Island. And did you travel to both? Yeah. And do you boat or do you plane from one island to the other? Or does it um, depend on where you're going? It, it depends on the time constraints to the financial situation. But Okay, let's say money's no object. What's the nicest way to travel? Probably, oh. A private jet. Well, i tell you what I did. We got a ferry from Wellington to Picton, uh, which was a... It's, do you know what, it's, what it would remind you of? If you got on the boat with me in Killary, mm-hmm. and obviously we didn't do any big swimming at that stage because it was winter in Kiwi land yeah but it would be it would be like if you got the the catamaran in Lanard village out into Killary it's but just over a much larger area so it's not like a Stenoline boat it's like it would be somewhere between the Stenoline and the catamaran it's it's pretty big there was a few hundred people on the boat oh I get it I get but it. I mean the views the, the stark mountainsides 
on either yeah, side. Yeah, there's something like that. I swear to God, like this, this place in particular, I have this weird tendency when I can get, do you know that little icon on Google Maps, the little person? Mr. Chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can get the person to walk within distance to wherever it is that you want to go. Like obviously you couldn't plant them right in the middle of, let's say Loftus. You yeah. can't put it right outside Loftus unless somebody has uploaded pictures that they've taken. Yeah. But you can't walk through the grounds. So I tried to do that for this just to see how far I could walk. And I got totally distracted by absolutely everything else that was around it. Cause it's up on a peninsula and it's really, really high. And I'm not 100% sure what way it's facing, but say north is Dunedin and it's so beautiful, it's so pretty, it's really picturesque. But I mean, I've known since I was a kid that a friend of ours lived in New Zealand and all she kept saying was, if you're ever gonna travel anywhere in the entire world, travel to New Zealand because they have all the seasons. Um, like I find it very strange when my auntie sends me pictures of Christmas time from California and I'm yeah. like, I know you don't get snow here at Christmas time, but nobody looks cold. And to me, yeah, that's like, weird. It's like all the same seasons we get, but just in reverse. Yeah. Um, so when I travel to so New Zealand... So September time is yeah. their winter, is it? Yeah. So when I, when me and the lads travel to New Zealand in our summer. We've just finished college and we fecked off. Um, basically, we spent our summer wrapped up in warm woolly clothes. Really? Yeah, uh, so And then you come home here to winter. Two and a half. Autumn. Yeah, it was two and a half months, and it was one of the biggest heat waves in England and Ireland in decades. And you left. And we, <laughs> we left the cold, and I went to spend two weeks on a campsite in, in London. See, I'd find that very. Well, no, do you know what? I could get used to the seasons being the wrong way around because our seasons haven't been right mm -hmm. in years. I still remember. 10 years ago walking out of my apartment on Christmas morning to go and visit my family and being like oh god it's very warm I have way too many layers on and mm. on like Christmas morning and yet then and that's 15 all, years ago that's, that's all your new clothes that you got the week before in, <laughs> yeah, it's in your top shop or, or Zara back well, when I used to fit into in the 90s for me it was Fila yeah. head to toe and Fila and a couple of couple of Adidas shoes like Trout one in for good measure. Yeah. yeah. But it's like it's funny. I'd say about fifteen years ago God what what I no it wouldn't have been it would have been twenty years ago. Oh god, I feel sick. Um somewhere between fifteen and twenty years ago I was working in Centre and I remember at the front door something was wrong with the sensor. So they couldn't close the door because then nobody'd be able to come in. So they had to keep the door open and it was lashing and hailing and it was freezing cold around Paddy's day. But yet the following year I went to, is it UCD that has the big massive lake pond kind of thing in the middle of it? I don't know, I didn't go to any of the... You didn't do the open days or anything? If I did, I can't remember them. But I remember sitting beside the lake slash pond slash whatever this big body of water was with my jumper around my waist and my shirt rolled up my arms because it was absolutely piping hot and it was in March. I was like, mm. this makes absolutely no sense. So turning the seasons upside down would have been, I'd get over it. But I'm I'm looking and Dunedin's on one side and then on the other side of the castle is just the ocean. And it's it's so pretty. And I know I use that word way too often where I say something is stunning or, you know, it's gorgeous. But it's very, <sighs> this is going to sound like I have no command of the English language, but it's very fairy tale-y. It's very surreal. It's very picturesque, like mm. the whole of New Zealand. And I, I, th that's the rabbit hole I fell down was Google Maps, just literally walking down this road, going, oh, "That's pretty. Oh, that's pretty." Did you manage to come up with any characters? Couple of characters. I went a slightly different way, right? Okay. So William, 
Right. Honestly. Yes. So we, we, we can make a decision here whether we want a comedy or a serious. And if we went with comedy, we're going to go with Joey Tribbiani. Okay. Because he, you can just imagine the comic anecdotes of him getting getting the part in the play and then being told the next day, actually, you're just doing your study and keeping trying, or things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you want to go really serious, another William, but kind of, a Willem Dafoe. He would make a very serious ghost. Oh, he'd be brilliant. Uh-huh. And then work What was he in recently that I just watched? Murder on the Orient Express. William like, Defoe? He was in that, yeah, he was the Are you sure you looked up the word William Defoe? Yeah. William Defoe. Yeah, yeah. That guy. He, he was, was in the Orient uh, Murder oh. on the Orient Express. He was the Pinkerton detective. Oh, this is a train, not a boat. <laughs> See what you did, we played we played Nike Spoonie but but, <laughs> but body trainee. He's um, really good, I like him. He's um he, he can play very dramatic roles really, really well. Well, that's why he's in the drama society of, of life. Um, I went a slightly different way and I envisaged a whole movie with the premise of Michelle Pfeiffer <gasps> moving into the also house. Also in the same movie with him, but let's move on. Well, they work well together. So Michelle Pfeiffer moves in with her young new family. Maybe just a single mom with two kids. Six and eleven, say. Boy, girl. Uh-huh. And they move into the house and everything's hunky-dory until Willem Dafoe or Joey Tribbiani. Probably Willem Dafoe, to be honest. If we got, if you, if we're getting five for him, we're getting Dafoe into. Yeah, we're getting Dafoe. Um, because if you if you don't get Dafoe, you don't get the friend. Um. <laughs> oh my God! Why do you keep going? <laughs> so so, five moves in with her two children. Everything seems. Oh, the others. Sorry, I didn't know what that was a reference to. Okay, it took a minute, but I got there. What? No, I'm like, what are you talking about? The others? Yeah, the others. She had like a four-year, a five-year-old, and a seven-year-old or something kid. Have you ever never seen the others? This is original work. Oh, no, album. no, that's Nicole Kidman. That's yeah. completely okay. all together. Uh, <laughs> this is why this is your part of the game, not mine. And there's no lakes involved, okay. so it's not what what lies beneath. That's a brilliant movie. Uh, but anyway, she moves in. Uh, everything's going well until Willem Dafoe starts pestering her. Okay, now is he dead at this stage? Yes, he's a ghost. This movie makes way more sense now. But I then plot twist, like, they fall in love. She falls in love with a ghost. It's like what lies beneath mixed with that one where they make pottery. Ghosts? Ghosts. <laughs> well, Whippy Goldberg and... Is it Whippy, Demi Whippy, Whippy Goldberg, as you say, is in it. Whippy, Whippy, Whippy is Goldberg. It, is it Demi or Demi? Demi. Demi to you. <laughs> Demi more. It's Demi more. Yeah, that sounds like a really good movie. It's, it's good sounds movie. like a There's really, a lot going really good on. movie. Uh, and also, if they were... Remember that I was thinking as well in the play? Yeah. When they do the, the little play all the people that they're playing in it yeah do you remember in one of the Avengers movies where there there's a play reenacting all the gods yeah, Thor yeah. and Odin yes uh, and it's like, the Ragnarok one yeah and then all these like famous actors like are kind of piss take playing them <laughs> we, you could have some randomers like I panicked there a little bit because I was like so I've pretty much watched them chronologically and the order that they were supposed to be played in and I, I know all the Mar- Marvel movies nearly off by heart now so when you say oh do you remember that part in the Marvel movie I panic because I'm like am I going to know what he's trying to tell me or is he going to know enough about the story or is he going to mix it up with another story and then I realised I can't get out because I thought Michelle Pfeiffer and Nicole Kidman for a split second were the same person <laughs> but you did good well done thanks for that <laughs> that is actually a really really funny scene though because that's when he finds out that it's actually his brother and not Odin at all no 
See, you don't even know what part of the movie you call oh, it. No, I don't need to know that. <laughs> My fixation. And Kathy Bates is directing. Uh, yeah, because I think all of his wives were too young to be Kathy Bates. I hope Kathy Bates didn't listen to that. Do you know what? I'd love to see if I don't know when her acting career started because all the Harry Potter movies are now out on Netflix since the fifteenth, and I have literally, aside from watching Apollo all the way up to or not Apollo, Rocky, Rocky all the way up as far as Rocky Balboa and the two Creed movies, all I've done over the last few days is listen to Harry Potter over and over and over. But they've all... Um, Thank God for your headband. I know. But I was looking at... You know, I, I tend to fall down these where are they now mm. kind of moments. Um, and I found one that actually didn't just only focus on Harry, Ron and Hermione. They're the three main people in the program, just in case you don't know. Stephen doesn't watch Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry's friend and Harry's friend's girlfriend. No, they were all best friends. Ah. It's only at the very, very end. But I'm not saying that because I don't want to be a spoiler. You just spoilers. Listen, if they're on Netflix, it's not my fault. Y'all waited 15 years to actually watch the movies. I watched some of the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> That's a different movie you watched. But I was looking at a link, a link that had, um, like, some of the smaller actors. I didn't know that do Emma Thompson. Mean, do you mean height wise or famous both? Wise? Actually, yeah. I didn't realize the guy who plays the uh, choir conductor is also the guy who played Willow. Huh? Do you remember the movie? Well, yeah. There's actually a second movie out as well. He um, is the ambassador for the Scouts in the UK. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. What's his name again? Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Phileas Flintwick. I think he actually plays three characters in this. He plays the teacher who teaches... I'm not 100% sure what the class is actually called, but do you remember the scene in Harry Potter? You do remember, and I know you remember because it's like a really annoying scene where he's teaching them how to levitate things and it's like Wingardium Leviosa and Hermione is like it's Leviosa not Leviosa and I'm like okay um, he plays him as well uh, why did I bring him up what was the point anyway I was looking at all these different actors and, and it was basically saying what their career was like before Harry Potter and what their career was like after Harry Potter and then I was like what about people who were like already big like Snape because Snape was Hans Gruber in Die Hard yeah and then I realised that the teacher who taught divination remember we covered divination on mm-hmm. the Ouija board episode and yep. um, that's Emma Thompson I did not know that I mm. never knew that and then I found out that her career started before I was even born and it was just really weird yeah. because I was like I've, I've never seen her in anything where she plays somebody really really young but she's always looked really young like she's really really pretty in Lanny McPhee but she's supposed to be like an old nanny with warts and grey yeah. hair and everything. She's still gorgeous. Was Emma Thompson in Love Actually? Um, and who did we say played Snape? Alan Rickman. Um, and he did he did the dirty on Emma Thompson in Love Actually. I think I watched Love Actually maybe once in my entire life. And everyone always says it's their favourite movie at Christmas time. And I just don't get it. Maybe I need to watch it while I'm older. And I'm... Maybe, but in retrospect, it didn't age as well as some movies because there one particular scene where, oh, you know, Jenny, it's like that episode of Friends where Chandler falls in love with Kate or Katie, um, but one of the best friends just turns up. Kathy. Kathy. He turned one of the best friends just turns up at his friend's house and he just stands there with the the boards, confessing his undying love to his girlfriend, to his best friend's girlfriend 
while they're in the same house and then he just like pretends to be like a choir and then turns off his music and goes away and it's so funny though because it's not even like oh that's not socially acceptable I'm like that's like beyond creepy and then the fact that the boyfriend was actually in the house is probably better because if he wasn't in the house I'm like would he have left her alone yeah and then she kissed him and sent him on his way ah no stop that don't be doing that well yeah that's no yeah it's so weird though when like we like we discussed with the nursery rhymes the other day the way Warner Brothers and Disney all have this disclaimer at the start of it but there's things that don't age well Mm -hmm. I think if you grew up with it you watch it for nostalgia's sake but for someone like me who's never properly watched it I think I would be horrified I'd be like there's so much stuff in this that's not okay it's like Notting Hill I was gonna say um, as good as it gets I made you watch that film with me <laughs> you were horrified. And I was like, this did this not, is not uh, what I remembered. No, no, this is. Uh, well, it was, but I didn't really remember that I remembered. And then I was like, alright, this is not. I made her watch this. Yeah. I did this to you. I'll go get the Maltesers now, love. Um, I want to apologise for the fact that we've gone off on a tangent. Um, but this is now the second week where we have gone off on a tangent. And I feel that the listeners should understand. And just to give them an insight into our lives. Um, the podcast is probably the only time that you and I get to have a conversation yeah. and nobody interrupts us except for each other but that's okay nobody's nobody's like I want to say daddy I want juice and I'm like I'd be delighted if the kids could say daddy I want juice we would be for about a week and a half and then we're like oh I'll go back to when you couldn't there's talk. no juice all the juice in the world is gone we finish up there say your words so thank you so much for listening to today's episode i will of course include the links in the show notes and if you have any questions on this or any other episode our socials are what's the story ghost on instagram and what's the story ghost at gmail.com if you have any personal stories you would like to share and those are all my words exit jingle it's jingle exit jingle bye okay wait a room if you had clapped i would have got it straight away do you remember when we first started dating i was like i can't believe you didn't clap we nearly didn't get married Stephen. nearly